She is a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne rivera Dannert, and this is one of the Meet the Author sessions. And we have another amazing lady with us today that is not new to writing. So we are just going to welcome her in. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Chrissy Ann Leonard. As you said, I'm an author. I hail from the state of Ohio, <laughs> which, you know, any day we can have a different season. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> so I, I write different genres. Um, I do magazine articles. I'm starting kids books and um, I own my own jewelry line and I'm doing writing, coaching and mentoring. And so that's all the fun stuff I have in the hopper. Awesome. Awesome. So what, how would you describe yourself using one word? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I would say resilient. I almost went with unique, but that's so cliche. Um, <laughs> just very resilient. You know, the ability to just bounce back from what life throws you. Granted, you need time. You always need time to bounce back. But yeah, I would say that's the word. That's a good word. I like that word. I do too. I love that word. What would you say has been your biggest failure or lesson in life? And what did you learn from it? Oh, so my biggest failure in life has actually been marriage. <laughs> I am just, you know, I was not good at marriage. Um, so yeah, that is definitely the biggest failure. And what it taught me was really, I needed to learn to love myself before mm -hmm. I could ever love anybody else. And so, you know, that was a tough lesson to learn. I tried it twice. Um, it didn't work out either time. But, you know, you have that in life. And you just bounce back and just go about with what God told you to do. So that's right. what I did. Yeah, and that's so true because I think, you know, depending on the culture and how you were raised, you know, brought up and things like that, sometimes the expectation, especially as a woman, is to, you know, leave yeah. home and immediately jump into marriage. And you're not really prepared for that. Right. You know, and you can lose yourself in marriage. Um, you know, my first marriage, I lost my self-identity completely. And that was very difficult for me because I was a very outgoing person. And then I became someone that I wasn't. And and then the second time, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's just, you know, we just, we grew apart and um, we were at just different stages in life. I was dealing with a lot of trauma that had come up in my life. And, you know, it's difficult to do that and be in a highly triggered state. And even when you're using the controls, you know, it's still difficult to have someone at that capacity in your life that you still have to give everything to when you have nothing left for yourself. And so it just didn't work out. The second one, we're really good friends. And it's, so, you know, we still hang out. We still talk to each other. So it's really nice to salvage that part. Um, just marriage, just, I tell people, it's just not in the cards for me. And I got so sick of people asking me, when are you getting married again? I'm like, look, I'm married to Jesus and my purpose. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it throws them so off guard that they just stop asking the question. <laughs> and so that's just kind of like my tagline. Now, I'm married to Jesus and my purpose. <laughs> you know, and I commend you for, you know, 
having the courage and the strength to leave when you did, because so so many times, you know, people are afraid of what mm-hmm. society is going to think, what the family and friends are going to think, and they hang on and yeah. continue to struggle and never get to know who they truly are. I did that in my first marriage. I stayed way longer than I ever should have. And it was a very painful process for me. Um, it just wasn't a good marriage. And so I stayed for what you said, you know, you don't want to be deemed a failure in society and you don't want to be that divorcee that nobody wants. And then, you know, you question yourself, am I worthy? Am I worth a lot? Am I good enough? And then the second time I was just like, you know, I just can't go down this road again. And I just, we just said, if we want to remain friends, we just, it just needs to be done. We just can't have this type of relationship. And, you know, he, he agreed and it, it was very amicable and we're still good friends. Like I said, which is rare because I always said, I'll never be friends with one of my ex-husbands <laughs> and, and we are, we're really great friends. So That's that awesome. makes it nice. But yeah, I finally yeah. got to a point, Marianne, where I just didn't care what society said anymore. Like I am who I am. I like being single. I'm comfortable being single. I have no problem going to things by myself. And I think that gets lost sometimes when people think of people being single, like, Oh my gosh, they're single and they can't find anyone. But, you know, sometimes you choose to be single. Like I told people, my purpose is so large is what I feel like God is saying that I just really can't have that type of relationship with someone at this point in my journey, because if it came to my purpose or them, it's going to be my purpose. And, And so you have to know these things and you have to be very realistic with yourself when it comes to that, or you're just going to set yourself up for a repeat of something else that you get out of. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. What piece of advice would you give to your old 18-year-old self if you can go back in time? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would tell her, you know, don't give up on your dreams for anybody. Just don't do that. You know, chase your dreams, chase what you want. And they may change over time, but you still need to chase them. Don't put them on hold for anybody else. Yeah, that's so good. What is your favorite type of self-care activity? <laughs> I like to color. <laughs> I like coloring books. Um, but I like coloring pencils. I'm not a crayon person. Um, I think I just grip them so hard I break them. Where pencils, I'm a little more finite because I write and you know, <laughs> you hold the pen differently. But yeah, I, I really like to color. I like to read, but coloring is my relaxation. So yeah, that's it. It's beautiful. If money was not a a factor, what would you be doing with your time? Oh, well, first I would take my much wanted trip to Italy and, you know, I don't know, spend maybe a month in Italy if (laughs) money's no object. But then I I would come back and really just help people chase their dreams because it's something beautiful when you're chasing your dreams and you get to come along with someone that's chasing theirs and you get to walk that journey with them. So I would help as many people as I could do that and, and just, you know, help people. Yeah. Italy is, um, is on my top 10 places to visit. <laughs> I have my brother-in-law came back a couple years ago and he had one of those spray paint artists paint the Coliseum. And mm-hmm. I was just like, and I taped it above my bed. So every night when I lay down, I look up and I'm like, I'm going to make it here someday. <laughs> And if I don't, I'm just going to cut out my picture and just tape it up inside that thing. So it would be like I was there. <laughs> that might have to do for the interim. You'll get there. You'll get there. You're putting it out there to the universe. Right. What is your favorite thing about yourself? 
and why? My favorite thing about myself. I really love my eyes. Um, they're such a pretty shade of blue. And I was always happy that I didn't lose that after being a baby. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to keep my blue eyes. Um, but I tell people when I get really angry, they they start to go like towards gray. <laughs> I'm like, if that happens, you should probably just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. It's just not a good time. And, uh, so yeah, I really love my eyes. That's very nice. That's very nice. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I will have written many more books, but I want to run a writing retreat center. And so that's where I see myself bringing people in, getting them away, helping them write and, and knowing that they can do it. So that's the dream, Marianne. That's the dream. And maybe in Italy someday. Hey, you never know. I'm scoping out houses in North Carolina. <laughs> we got to start somewhere, right? Right. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> what makes you passionate and gets you motivated? Oh, passionate and gets me motivated. It really, truly is writing. Like, I love to write. And I, I like to write any genre with some exceptions. Mm -hmm. Um I just love the idea of writing and the passionate is helping other writers. So right now I'm just like attracting all these people that want to write a book. I'm like, I am so your person to help you. It's just fun to listen to them, how they got to their stories, what they want to do with it, what their plans are. And it, it just lights the fire. Like I need to produce some more material myself. And uh, so, you know, you kind of run along with them and you grow together, but yeah, writing is, it's it for me. <laughs> What is it about writing that excites you? I really like writing for two reasons. One, I can stretch my creativity and my imagination till there are no boundaries, no boundaries whatsoever. And the other one is just the ability to pull people into a story using their senses. And I always call it like going to the pain pocket. I write from a pain pocket. I go back and visit those and doing that. And just being able to do that and then hear people when they read your book say, oh, my goodness, that had to be like that emotion was crazy. And it's just, you know, there are no boundaries when it comes to writing. Your mind can really go anywhere. You can transport someone to some place they've never been before. How exciting is that? Like you don't have to leave your house to go to cool places. Yeah. It works out well during like the pandemic. You're just like reading all these book, books. Is there a book that you can think of right up the top of your head that did that for you that transported you somewhere yeah so i am a huge max lucado fan like okay. i loved his facing your giants okay. it is one of the earliest ones i read of him and one of my favorites to, to have that concept to think of what you struggle with to be like your goliath and so he oh. set that picture really well and very beautifully where you can look in your life and be like oh yeah that you know, that's a giant, <laughs> that's a big giant. <laughs> and awesome. so I love all those. I also love the shack because I was just like fascinated. Mm -hmm. But um, outside of the genre, I was all about Lord of the Rings. Okay. I mean, take me to those cool places and just drop me off. Preferably with the good side of the people and not right. on the opposite <laughs> enemy side. But they can come rescue me. Like yeah. I was all about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it was, I went and watched them all in a movie theater one night. I was like, I'm oh, kind of wow. tired. <laughs> Cause they're really so, It is. It's so beautiful. The scenery they set was just amazing. And you can just envision yourself there. And yeah, those are the ones. 
That's awesome. So shifting gears a little bit in regards to the anthology project that we, mm -hmm. you know, that I, you know, am the visionary on and you're one of my co-authors. Why did you decide to join the project? One, I really loved your presentation of the material. Like That's the first thing. Like I have to be drawn in by the material and the way that it's set. I'm a very analytical thinker and I don't let emotion rule my decision making. And so if you can apply to the logical side of my brain, you know, you're halfway there. And the other one was just what you were writing on and what I wanted to write on. It was a beautiful platform that merged very well together to tell people that, you know, they could thrive again. And it was just a beautiful marriage of what I wanted to put out and what the vision I saw that you were talking about of what you wanted to do. It, it was, it was perfect, perfect timing, perfect. Everything. I just randomly found you too. It's just <laughs> like, okay, you know, there's nothing random, but I was like, Oh, I got to check into this. So yeah, it was wonderful. I'm excited. I mean, it is really truly going to change people's lives and I can't wait for people to get it and be like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I totally agree. What is one key takeaway from your chapter that you want the readers to grab onto? So one takeaway from my chapter is you can survive being assaulted and learn how to thrive again in oh. society. That is a big thing. I, I think that needs touched on a lot more for that particular subject. And so that's what I try to convey in there. And I'm hoping that's what they read through it. So without telling us the full story behind your chapter, using three words, how will you describe your chapter? Reinvent yourself. I'm going to do it in two. <laughs> like well, there's, you could put a hyphen there and it could be three. <laughs> yeah, reinvent yourself. I like that. Was it difficult to write your chapter and what emotions came up that you had to work through? So I didn't find it very difficult to write the actual writing process of it. Um, the emotions, I, I was surprised because I didn't feel a lot of triggers that I thought I would feel. I just mm -hmm. felt a lot of peace and acceptance. And, you know, I <laughs> I didn't think to put tissues by me. <laughs> and so I was just using my shirt sleeve to wipe away the tears so I could see what I was doing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's beautiful when what you write does produce emotion for you because then you're conveying that on to the reader. So it was really important. And I knew if I didn't feel those, then it wasn't the right version of the story. And I just needed to start over and do it again. So, but thankfully first try out, it all came together and it, it was nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I know that you have a coloring book out. I do. Have you, and I know that you've written other anthologies. Have you written a solo book? I have this yes, one okay. right here behind me. Uh, Letters okay. to My Father came out in 2019. Uh, that was my very first shot at publishing a book. I got it through on the first time. And so, yeah, that is my standalone by itself. Um, and coincidentally, you know, another random phone call. And um, I have two screenwriters adapting it for TV. So it's just how we talked earlier, it's like, poof, everybody just, everything starts taking off. Yeah, that's what it's doing. So I do have one solo one just to myself. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your coloring book. So my, I, this is not your ordinary coloring book. I 
don't do anything ordinary. <laughs> so I, I wanted to do it and I was like, okay, how can I do a coloring book that people wouldn't be expecting? Um, so I did a coloring book on actions and feelings, but I added a devotional scripture page. And then I also used animals. Um, they don't have any bearing on like the, the word, like, you know, they're part of the word, but they're really there because animals don't try to be anything that they're not. And I think that's something that humans really need to look <laughs> to them as, you know, in our world, we try to be everything that we're not um, because we're just trying to be something that will be accepted where they don't do that. And that was really important to convey through there. So, you know, you have all kind of animals and then the devotional page walks you through what that word is, what it means in the dictionary. And then it has you just sit and reflect on some things, but yeah. So <laughs> again, I am just, you know, I, I don't want to put out anything that I wouldn't like. So it took me a couple months where I didn't think it would take that long, but um, I did get it done. I actually published it last week. And so that's exciting, but that it was is, an experience. <laughs> that is super exciting. I'm very big on celebration, especially, you know, as women, we oftentimes, you know, we accomplish things and we just jump from one thing to the next without mm -hmm. stopping to reflect and enjoy, you know, and celebrate. So how do you plan on celebrating the launch of our anthology project? I, so my big celebration dinner is going to a Mexican restaurant and having chicken nachos, which I get all the time, but uh, you know, I know what I like there. And, and for me, it's like a treat now that I've started changing my eating patterns and stuff. So that's what I plan on doing when it's out and ready. I'm going to be at the Mexican restaurant having chicken nachos. I'll even get a Coke with grenadine and uh, and just, you know, have a little picture of it there with me so I can look at it and know why I'm celebrating. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> but at least you have a plan. So that's what matters. That's true. I do have a plan. <laughs> yeah. What has been the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Oh, I had a friend many years ago that told me, um, why is it that when people leave our lives, we automatically think the defect is in us instead of recognizing that it could be in them? Mm -hmm. And I have carried that with me for over a decade. And so, you know, when people started leaving my life, I, you know, I just didn't beat myself up tremendously. You know, I took responsibility for what I did. But, you know, sometimes people aren't meant to be in your life and you let them in and, and they have to be removed. And you can't always think that you're the issue as to why it's getting removed and you just have to know that that it's not always you're the problem you know some people just aren't meant to stay in your life they're there for a season or a reason or they weren't supposed to be there anyways and they're a detriment to your dream or your purpose and they'll hold you back and you'll make the choice to keep them and bypass on your stuff so i have kept that advice i've written myself post-it notes about it and every time i go into a new project you know, that's what I think you, you have to do that also with criticism, you know, that's going to come, but you know, criticism is what it is, but you should be so focused on what you want to do that. It just doesn't even factor into what you're doing. You're going to have some, it's life. It's going to happen. You just be like, okay, thank you. And you just go by business. You know, and the thing about criticism too, is that people are going to criticize you whether you're doing something or whether you're not. I know so you're not just be true to yourself and do you. That's it. Do you? Because here's the thing. Nobody on this earth can do you as good as you can do you. 
And so you have to be you. You're unique. You were put here for a purpose uniquely to you. You know, don't try to change that and give it off to somebody else because it's meant for you. And criticism is going to come as a part of life. You get it in your everyday life, whether it be from family or friends or a workplace or, you know, you're at a service, getting a service done. This stuff's going to happen. But in the long run, it shouldn't even matter. You just be like, okay, thank you. And just keep on going. Very true. Very true. What would you say is a unique skill or personality trait that you hold that you have that has helped you get to where you are today? Mm, That is such a great question. Um, I'm going to say it's just the instinct to survive. Absolute instinct to survive. You know, I've been through some very traumatic things in my life that um, probably should have wiped me out, uh, but they didn't because deep down, Uh, Even when I didn't want to stay here on earth, deep down inside of me, there was something that just would not let me do that or leave because, you know, you, you have things to do while you're here and you need to do them, but you know how you have to know how to survive life, the things it's going to throw at you because there is no such thing as perfect. (laughs) The one person that was perfect was nailed on a cross. And so there's just no, no perfection. You know, that's yeah, don't, don't strive for for perfection because you're never going to find it. And instead you're going to derail yourself and and become something that you're not because you're searching for what you can't find. Right. That is so true. What has been your biggest accomplishments? (laughs) Well, um, the accomplishment was actually writing that book back there. Um, It started out, I had this idea for a horror novel in my mind, because I just love sci-fi, I love horror, I love all that genre. And it was a perfect setting, Ohio produced a beautiful thunderstorm, and I was like, this is the best setting you can ask for for a horror novel. And so I got up and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna write. So just, you know, prayed over myself and (laughs) I wrote so much and I went to sleep and I woke up the next day and I was like, this is not a horror story and so I was just like I don't know what this is but it is not a horror story and so it actually took me eight years to finish that book and you know so much trauma happened and I produced what I thought was a great version and it wasn't um, because I didn't want to go to those pain pockets to write that book I had to go to emotions that I didn't want to go revisit again they were difficult seasons in my life. I barely survived them the first time. I didn't want to go back to them. But, you know, my editors knew I needed to. I deep down knew I needed to. And when I finally surrendered and went there, it all came together. And just everything that's happened with that book since then, meeting people and, you know, going to TV. And it's just all very beautiful. And it is truly a tale of just survival. You, you <laughs> I stayed in it. I didn't want to, but then I didn't want anyone else to take my story and do it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I got to do this. And, you know, I always told him I took off my, you know, I put on my big girl pants and (laughs) got down to business of writing and and getting it done. But every time they just wanted me to go deeper and deeper into that pain pocket. And I just, you know, I was very resistant for six months. I just stopped the whole process and was like, yeah, no, I'm not going there. And then my publisher come back and said, you, you need to do this. <laughs> like it's not getting published without these changes. And so I just sat down and was like, okay, here we go. And, you know, I just prayed for protection and I went there and, you know, I produced some 
you know, very nice material because I don't want to give away what's in that book either. But yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you got to revisit those pain pockets and those uncomfortable seasons because, you know, you're groomed for that. You can go back there once you've learned how to control your triggers and your trauma and you can go back there safely. And I was just, you know, <laughs> I was throwing a temper tantrum, Marianne. I didn't want to go there. Um, but, you know, I knew I had to and I knew that I was doing this story. Nobody else was going to do it for me, nor did I want anyone to. And so I just did it. And it was beautiful because it was very cathartic for me as well to do it and what the issues it deals with in there. You know, I wrote endings that the people that I saw go through these, I thought maybe they could find some closure in the way that that story went. So it was a beautiful process. It was very long. I do not want to take that long to produce another full book on my own. Uh, so yeah, that by far is my biggest accomplishment because it really talks about resiliency. Like you have to be resilient. There's going to be times as a writer where you're not going to want to do it. And, and you have to know like, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'll do. And you have to set boundaries with yourself too. You got to set time aside and you got to set boundaries as to what you'll put in there and what you won't. That is so true. And that's a perfect segue as we get ready to close out is let the audience know where they can find you, learn more about you and purchase your book and your coloring book and so forth. And the anthology when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Chrissy author. It's C R I S S I E. Facebook is Chrissy Ann Leonard. I also have my own website where I have, speeches on there. I have interviews on there, stories about the books. I also um, have my own jewelry line. So I talk about the jewelry line and what it meant and why it was called what it was called. And that's just ChrissyLeonard.com. So C-R-I-S-S-I-E-L-E-O-N-A-R-D.com. So check out the videos, hit the contact button that comes right to my email and let's start a conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Have a great time and a great night. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Meet the Authors. I sincerely hope that the conversation with Chrissy will inspire you and make sure that you check out the show notes so you can visit her website and purchase some jewelry, anthologies, coloring books, and so much more. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Don't forget to leave a comment, be sure to share and subscribe so together we can continue to change lives. I'll see you on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.